For as long as we have lived For as long as we have known Love has carried us You're listening to the Sermon Podcast of Genesis Covenant Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. You can find out more about us at www.genesiscov.org. Enjoy the teaching in it together. Good morning. Um, If you are able, can you stand as I read the gospel? John chapter 6, verse 35 and 41 to 51. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Then the Jews began to complain about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to Mary. Good job, my friend. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Well, it, it, it has been a bit of a nostalgic morning for me and Steve and Terry and Heidi and Matt. And as we've been setting up, we've been sort of doing our lasts, last trip down to the basement to bring the big wooden cart. Uh, last time carrying out the big Genesis sandwich sign. If it made it out there. I don't even know if it made it out there. Uh, last time looking at that broken seat right there and that broken seat over there. Uh, and um, I, so I did spend a little time this week thinking about some of uh, what I love about this place. And place is important because it's, it shapes us in ways that we don't even know. But one of the memories I have, our first Christmas Eve, we did two services uh, now we just do one, we cram everybody in there, but back then we thought we were super cool, we needed two, because that's what churches do, you two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve Christmas Eve services, uh, and we just said we're just going to do one, but the first time we did two, and in one of the Christmas Eve services, uh, there was way more kids than there was adults in the room, and I don't know how that happened, but way more kids, and when I mentioned something about Jesus being born in a, in a barn, uh, and then I said, like, and the cows were mooing, and the kids started mooing. I mean, they actually, was anyone there? Does anyone remember that? It was crazy, right, Joe? It was crazy. And I remember thinking, I'm not getting this back. I, I'm, I'm, we're, we're never recovering from this. 
So Jesus was still born into the world that night somehow, but we almost missed it. So it was really fun. Uh, I love uh, one, probably my favorite service of every year is the New Beginning service, which happens on the first Sunday of January, and we hear stories from you. And every year, about three or four stories, and they are tearjerkers. They are inspiring. Stories from ordinary people, uh, you, who are doing really courageous things in the world and in your own souls. And it's just, uh, it, I sit there stunned. Of course, that's not the only time I get to hear those stories from you all. Thank God. I hear them when I have coffee with you and different things. But, uh, but on New Beginning Sundays, we get to share it as a people. And I feel like we are embodied in a new way when we do that. There's just something sacred that happens and almost sacramental. Maybe not almost, maybe sacramental. I remember this Sunday, Steve, that the power went out because of the, the storm. And then we're like, what are we going to do? So we bought a couple boxes of donuts. And Steve and I just sat in the parking lot eating those donuts, hoping that people, like, that if they didn't find out that there was no services, uh, that they would come and have a donut with us. And probably 20, 25 people came. Uh, and so, and it was great. Like, a couple of people came for the first time, you know, and, and we're like, well, have a donut. What's your favorite? You know, I like glazed. And, uh, and they were kind of like, wow, this is a weird, weird church. They don't even, you know, necessarily meet on, on a Sunday morning. They have donuts, but... <laughs> And we didn't even explain that, that the power went out. We just said, as we are, we're donuts. And, uh, no, kidding. Um, but I love that Sunday. What's that? Oh. <laughs> um, I remember the sets up on stage here. Anyone remember the bedroom set that was up for about four months? Yeah. And it was not a deep set. I think the bed, like the end of the bed was like right here. Uh, in fact, Becky, did you preach from the... From the bed one time? I mean, did you like sit on the bed? I was gone that week. So there was rumors. Okay. Uh, There's rumors. I remember a dog pound. You guys remember the dog pound with the big, yep. Uh, recently, Little Shop of Horrors. Super awesome. Uh, and I remember like Steve and I would talk and Steve and I both kind of came from larger churches with bigger like production and we, we sort of have grown out of liking that, but back in the early days, like when you guys would snap pictures of me preaching or Steve leading worship, and there would be like the bedroom set in the back, and, and that's what you'd put on Instagram or whatever, we would actually be like, stop it. You know, like, <laughs> you're making us look so foolish. Uh, but then we kind of were like, bring it on. You know, it's awesome. Uh, we love it. Um, uh, those of us who get here at the first, we get here at 7 a.m., and that's one, of the th well, that's one of the times I'll miss the most, actually. Um, it's usually just five or six, seven, eight of us who are, who's ever on the worship team and the tech uh, person, usually Flansburg. And we just, we set up and we talk, and I usually get into a comedy routine of some kind or another, um, I'm just working out the adrenaline before I get up here to do this, uh, and it's wonderful. I love it. We, we catch up, we talk, and right, Joe? I mean, it's just like, how many hilarious moments have we had running? Changing the batteries! Changing the batteries! Yep, we did. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so there's just too many inside things to even talk about, but this place has been called Shabby Chic, 
And then our elder chair, Laura Maloney, one time uh, whispered, you guys, can we just be honest? It's just shabby. <laughs> it's not really chic. Uh, and some of you might want to, you know, fight Laura right now, and she might fight you. Um, I remember people, Todd Bruce, the theater director with the big beard that loved us so well, uh, and they became one of our family members. I mean, on Charter Sunday, he was the first one to sign, you know, and, uh, and Donna out in the lobby. I mean, we've just been served so well here. So uh, I have loved this place, and I've been feeling nostalgic and a little sad about it. Uh, I was talking to a 10-year-old this morning who was really bummed out about leaving. And I, I said, all right, you know, it's okay. You, you, you can be as sad as you want for as long as you want, and, um, and we can just do that together, you know. And she's like, I just really don't want to move into a church building, a building that looks like a church. And I was like, yeah, well, you're not alone. I mean, there's people out there you could talk to. And so we talked about change and how change is hard. And there's just no easy way to do a hard thing. Change is hard. Um, change is good. Change is surprising. And, but you can't, when you change, you can't say, we got to work really hard to stay the same so we don't lose the sameness of us. Because we're verbs, not nouns. We talk about that a lot. We're verbs. We change. So, like, we don't want to become the old us. We want to keep becoming us. And some of that's mourning. Some of that's being surprised by some of the things that uh, we'll, we will encounter in this new space. And so let's just do it together, and let's give each other freedom to love it or not, uh, freedom to sit in those pews and yearn for the broken... <laughs> Uh, creaky seats that you found here. Uh, and let's just do it together, can we? Can we do that? All right. Uh, let's pray, and then I want to dive into this text. John 6, good night. God, thank you. Amen. All right, I am the living bread. Uh, in the Greek, zao artas. Everybody say zao artas. <laughs> do you hate when I do that? Because I kind of hate when I do that. <laughs> but I keep doing it, so. Uh, zao uh, is, it really means life, but it means to live, breathe, be among the living. It means to enjoy real life or to have a kind of vital power in itself that exerts power onto one's soul. Zao, living, breathing, gritty, life, sand, mountains. Uh, the real thing, living and breathing, flesh and blood, not ephemeral. Uh, the real thing, living. I am the living and then Jesus says bread, which is kind of so funny if you think about it, right? What is bread? That's an all-play question. It's probably the weirdest all-play question that I've ever asked. What? Bread is the stuff used to make sandwiches. Thank you, Elijah. You're totally right. Charlie, do you have something? Bread is delicious. Now, I do have to give a little caveat right here. To all my gluten-free brothers and sisters who are going to hear this whole sermon and go like, I am not going to be a Christian anymore, ever. 
You can just substitute chocolate or wine or whatever, right? So when you hear bread. Uh, what is bread? Basic sustenance. Basic sustenance. Nicole, you said something? No? Tasty food, thank you. Jenny Hill. Are you a writer? Uh, say it again. It's the thing you're invited to seek out when you realize that you're hungry. I love that. Whoa, I don't even know who said that, but get up here and preach. <laughs> yeah, tell me your name again. Jessica. Jessica. Thanks, Jessica. We, we met Bobby a few weeks ago. It's the thing, she said, that ancient cultures would lift up, break, and share so that they wouldn't kill each other. It's hospitality. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. So Jesus says, he doesn't say, I'm the king of kings. Could have. Doesn't say I'm the perfect face of God. Could have. Uh, he says I'm the living bread. And uh, it, it's, it's, I think, really interesting that you don't primarily ask people, hey, uh, Betsy, do you, do you believe in bread? You know what I mean? So if you're going to be a part of this church, first question we're going to ask you is, do you believe in bread? Be like, what do you mean? (laughs) And then Joe would say like, well, like beer is made out of the same ingredients that (laughs) bread is made out of. Ergo. (laughs) No, do you, do you, do you want to share some bread? Do you want to eat some bread? Do you want to make some bread? Do you want to be nourished by some bread? Do you want to get a big hunk of baguette and tear it and dip it into olive oil and salt and pepper and Parmesan and just do that for a couple hours? That's lunch and dinner and snack toast a little bit. Like, oh my. Have you ever been to the Middle East, anyone? Can you talk a little bit about that pita that you eat that's fresh and that hummus that's made fresh? Yep, naan. It's the bread of life. Thanks, Bob. Um, For the clarification. (laughs) Right. You know, the correction... No, I'm kidding. Um, when, I, when I tasted that bread uh, that was made that morning and that hummus that was made that, that very day, and when I shared it with um, people who were born in the Middle East, I, I got a little sense of what Jesus was trying to do by saying, I am the bread. I am the I am what you share so that enemies might become friends. But not like, do you believe in some things about this person? No, like, actually, would you share 
a life together? And if you do, would you believe that a kind of life would then spring out of you that would allow you to be friends, to be reconciled with God, with yourself, with people? Um, To believe, and it says there right in the text, so some of you are like, hey, but it says, if you believe in me, but when we hear the word believe, what do we, that's an all-play question. What do we think? What do we think when we hear the word believe? Ritual? Yeah, for sure. Trust? Say more. About to put your faith in? Yep. What else? Intellectual agreement. Hmm. Oh my gosh, welcome, sir. Uh, Tate, everybody, from Covenant Pines. They say, hi, Tate. Didn't see you out there. How are you? Yeah? Good. Um, I think intellectual reasoning is really important. I also think it allows us to hide behind um, a wall. Uh, And Jesus kept pushing through walls and kept creating tables where enemies would become friends together. That's what his body does when it was broken. And when his blood was poured out, he provided a way for enemies to be reconciled. Humanity with God, humanity with humanity, and even humanity with people. And so I think when we hear the word believes, you believe in Jesus, it's do you... um, in a mysterious way, do you place confidence in some unbelievable miracle that when we gather together because of Jesus, we can look at each other with compassion and love and mercy and forgiveness instead of judgment and othering each other? Do you know what I mean? Uh, Jesus... This is, this is about as simple as I can get it. Uh, Jesus lived and died for the whole world, and he's somehow going to make everything new. That's about what I believe. Uh, that's about all I believe. Um, that's not totally true, of course. I mean, I believe other things. But what I believe about Jesus really needs to be that simple. Jesus lived and died for the whole world, and he's somehow going to make everything new. And when I lift the bread of Christ up, uh, that's what I think about. That's what I try to remember. Remember me means remember what I'm trying to do in the world still. Uh, That's Jesus. And so um, the question is, as a a community of friends here uh, called Genesis West, the question is, what will we lift up and share as we move to Robbinsdale? What have we lifted up and shared? Uh, what will we enjoy and share? What will we be nourished by and share? What will we pass around? What will we make that looks like Jesus? So that's not a rhetorical question. That's a question that we will wrestle with together. So what are some thoughts? What will we lift up? What will we share? What will we make? 
that looks like and tastes like Jesus. Love. Is that Anthony over there? Come on now. Actual bread. I, I agree, Elijah. Let's, we're going to share meals together. I had the opportunity to share a meal with nine other people last night. It went too late for me, um, but I loved it. I, I've been up, you, I've been like a college kid these last three nights with some friends over. Sean and Miley, where are you guys? Oh, there they are. Sean and Miley from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Everyone say hi. They're both writers. And so like they asked questions that are crazy and beautiful and and I felt half jealous of them most of the time that I was with them, but they're, they're too fun and beautiful to be jealous for very long. Um, and we've been up talking, and anyway, last night we were with some more friends, and someone asked the question, uh, she, she said, I want everyone to answer, but what season are you in right now, and what's keeping you afloat? And for the next about two hours, people just shared honestly. Some cried, some... Um, we're excited. We're all in different seasons. Some were a little scared and nervous. But we lifted up our lives and we shared them together. And it was sacramental. When I say sacramental, what I mean is it was a thing that came pretty close to uh, um, interaction with the divine. It felt like interacting with the divine because Jesus was flowing through us and in us. Um, what will we lift up and share as a community in this next chapter in our lives together? Art, belonging, and smoked meat. Oh, Matt Rowe. <laughs> Art, belonging, and smoked meat. Praise him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that you talked about was more of Genesis was the cicada, not of the church. Blah, blah, blah. But of the Lord. Yeah, that. <laughs> that part. Yeah, blah, blah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. So to me, that's a big deal because we don't have to do Yeah. Thanks, Karen. What would it be like for us to be like this, to be even more inclusive? Um, that everybody can receive the, the bread and, and, and the blood, the body and the, the wine. What else? I love that, Karen. Thank you. Yeah, Jill. Yeah. Yeah, so Jill said that we'll have a little bit more, we'll be more resourced, partnering maybe with Elam at times to reach a greater uh, number of people in, um, in a greater number of areas. Totally, love it. What else? Yeah. Heck yes. Let's, yeah, I mean, I, I envision that parking lot being, you know, hopping with a tent and chairs and food and barbecue. Yeah, man, totally. And there's a little DQ right across the street from the church. Did you guys know that? <laughs> DQ? Come on. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. So the idea that we all, we actually do all kind of parent the kids here um, in beautiful ways. And as parents, you're not alone. I would also add as single people, and I want to lift this up. We have a lot of single people in our church. And these people are amazing and beautiful and wonderful. And sometimes if, if you're a married couple, like, and you start thinking, hey, who should I have over on a Friday night? You sort of automatically think of another married couple. And I just want to say, stop that. <laughs> like, don't stop inviting married people over. That's awesome. But also go like, oh, man, there's, whoo, you know. Or like, so, uh, because you're, you're going to be impoverished if you, if you don't meet some of these folks. They, they're wonderful and beautiful and, and uh, amazing and smart and uh, so interesting. So... Um, oh, Jenny, you would be hungry. Thanks, Jenny. You'd be missing out on some of the bread, she said. I agree. I agree. What else? Say more. Yeah. 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 Cool. Definitely. Okay. Um, how am I doing, CJ? Okay. It's time. Uh, we have seven values that I want to close with that I think these are embodied ways to be together, embodied ways to live together, embodied behaviors even, practices, virtues, um, values, whatever you want to call it, but here, here they are. Uh, ordinariness. We want to lift up and share our ordinariness. We're not rock stars. We shouldn't be. No one's lifted up above anyone else. We share our ordinariness. We share our, our love for cats, <laughs> our love for smoked meat, our love for reading, our love for woodwork, our love for... In fact, Matt just started a new community group about making things. Where's Matt? Matt. See, he's, he's working down there. I mean, um, did anyone go to that? A, a couple of people did. Yeah, was it amazing? Yeah, Molly. Yeah. Yeah, so Matt, his ordinariness is I know how to make stuff, and so let's get together and make stuff together. So good. Uh, so, it's okay, sweetie. Um, by the way, if your kid's crying, you can stay in here if you want to. It doesn't really bother me. Um, but if it bothers you, that's fine. You, 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 uh, another value is simplicity. Uh, we, we really value ordering our lives so that we're not so crazy and busy that we can't pay attention to what's important. So simplicity. Rhythms. We do the Eucharist every week. We encourage observing the Sabbath. Uh, we follow the lectionary and the rhythms of the church calendar. 
These are things that ground us and help us remember that we're not making up anything. Like, you know, our church isn't a business strategy or a plan. I'm not a CEO. I'm a pastor. <laughs> it would be bad if I was. But every once in a while someone says, like, what's the vision for your church? And, and, and it is new beginning. Part of me gets mad, like, what's the vision for our church? We're, we're going to be a community of people who are centering our lives around Christ, and, and then we're going to die and be born and, and bury people and do baptisms and, and, and have potlucks and get mad at each other and, uh, and then forgive each other. And that's, that's, what, that's what the church is, right? Um, and then restoration. We really have to re- be reminded that the Christ really is making all things new. So our suffering, um, as horrible as it is, can be the thing that allows us to come alongside other people in the name of Jesus so that there is restoration in our own souls and in their souls as well. We have a value called attentiveness, which means that we want to pay attention to what the Spirit of God is doing in our world. We want to listen before just reacting. We want to attend to each other and the Spirit. We have a value called delight, which for me, I need to get in touch with little kids to renew my sense of delight. So, um, and people, like there are some adults who, who hang on to it. Um, but, but delight is a sense of wonder and awe instead of, I don't believe that. Delight is, let's play together. Let's cancel that work meeting. Um, and then conversation is our seventh value. It's this idea that we're going to really listen to each other, even when it gets painful, even when it gets inefficient, even when it creates some conflict, we're going to listen to each other because the voice of the chorus really is better than the voice of the solo, amen? And no one person gets to set the agenda around here. So, I am the living bread, Jesus says. Let's enjoy that living bread together. Let's be nourished by it. Let's be surprised by how it tastes. Let's rip off big chunks and share it with each other. Let's do that together. Amen? We're going to move into 60 seconds of silence as we always do, after which time Becky will come up and lead us through the prayers of confession and then into the Eucharist. So come Holy Spirit, speak to us now.